Those having like the bang snaps. I haven't smelled that like bang cap smell in a long time. Yeah, yeah, like the red round, the red red. Smells like cap guns, exactly. Yeah, 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 smell. Yeah, it does. I like that smell actually. It's pretty cool. That was fun. How you doing? Hey, it's Friday afternoon, right before the Fourth of July. We're in Freight Alley. What could be finer? Yeah, we're going to say goodbye to all of you for a week after this one. We're not back on the air until next Friday. We hope you all enjoy a great vacation after a very brutal. Week in freight. Oh, that yeah, it was a tough one. Yeah. This has been, we had San Antonio, we had AB5, but even on a smaller scale. So we did a show called Trucking the Ice Roads about yeah. two months ago, and we had um, Jason Kraft and his wife Carrie on, right? Yes. And if you remember, at the yes. time, they were uh, at a hotel, they were getting repairs on their truck, but they were pretty positive about the outcome. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, sign of the times, he put out on Twitter, he said, well, today is a sad day. We are officially out of business. The shop that was working on our truck was just throwing parts at our truck at our time, and expense cost us more to get the truck out and longer. It's still throwing uh, code, so we're done. Trailer has been dropped off. To be consigned, pick truck, it isn't running like it should. It's going to auction as soon as I can drop it off. I blame the shop for ruining our truck and not being able to fix it. Um, I now have two jobs lined up, getting back to... Uh, Getting back to that five days a week, regular job. Yeah, yeah, and in the oil field and getting, he says, uh, Kerry's looking as well. Well, he's got his last ride right here. We got a little video from him to say goodbye to our our good friend. Well, I guess this is it. Can't really use alcohol due to, you know, care and control and all that neat stuff, but it's still the same, so one for my homies. Here, hard to hear. A little cowbell salute right. for them for the service they have He's given gonna, Moving America and Canada through their great work as drivers. Um, and I hope they get back in the field. And if you do, you always have a spot on this show. Now, I fear Absolutely. we're going to hear a lot more driver stories like this, though, because of what just happened in California with AB5. And everyone's yeah, wondering, to say the least, everyone's wondering, is AB5 Armageddon for California trucking? So are we. So we asked John Kingston. Let's play the clip. So the question is whether AB5, the imposition of AB5 on California's trucking is the Armageddon for California trucking. Let me just say that um, I have uh, covered, when I was covering oil on a regular basis, I would see the introduction of new regulations and the trade associations would say that this is the end of the world, that the oil industry is not going to be able to handle this. And they would say this even though they were generally had a seat at the table uh, in drawing those regulations and the environment, the, uh, you know, a government agency would draw them up and they would regularly consult uh, with people from the industry to make sure that they weren't being excessive. And most of the time, really pretty much all the time, 
uh, Armageddon did not come. And, um, and in fact, the regulation was adopted by the industry and life went on. This is different uh, because I don't really feel that the trucking industry had a seat at the table in putting together AB5. Basically, all that happened was they took the, uh, they took the findings in the D Dynamics case and they codified them really without a lot of changes. Uh, when you look at the exemptions that were granted to various industries through two separate pieces, first of all, in the original AB5 legislation, and then in the, uh, the kind of follow-up legislation, it's a real, as I, wrote, as I wrote yesterday, a real Swiss cheese approach. There's no rhyme, no reason. There's no consistency. And really, when you look at that, that whole piece, it, it help, can't, help you help, can't help but conclude uh, that they were going after the trucking industry and they were going after the gig workers like Uber and Lyft drivers. And uh, the author of the bill, the, the, the driving force, Lorena Gonzalez, does come out of the Teamsters. And, uh, you know, I think that there was a punitive aspect to it. So I don't think there's been a long runway to this. I know you could say, well, they, they could have gotten ready, but it's such a radical change in their setup that... Um, that really there's there really wasn't anything they could do to get ready uh, they were either going to have to blow up their model before this date uh, and then maybe have to re-put it put it back together again or going to start now now i'm quite sure that these companies have spent a lot of time talking about what they're going to do uh, i would say that there's going to be kind of two phases uh, one is going to look to see what kind of changes maybe get made pretty rapidly like in the first month or so but i think everybody has to realize that this is going to be a marathon now, what's going to happen is companies are going to come up, you, working with their lawyers, who are going to be very busy, working with their lawyers, are going to come up with solutions that they think will allow some semblance of the independent owner-operator model to, to continue to exist within California trucking. Uh, various state agencies will challenge them in court on this. There will be legal precedents that will be set. And at a certain point, and that point may be several years down the road, we will have a body of law about what you can do, what you can do to hire independent owner-operator truck drivers uh, in the California trucking industry. Uh, in the short term, it does seem to me that the brokerage model may be the quickest way that a trucking company essentially you know, turns all its drivers loose and just becomes a brokerage company and then brokers freight into them uh, because that way they're not violating the B prong because their primary business is no longer carrying freight. They're just brokering freight. We're going to have a lot of solutions. Uh, it's going to be very complex. It's going to take a long time. And uh, I think that unlike, uh, to circle back to my earlier point, unlike times when, when I covered the oil industry and they were able to adapt, I think the adaptation here is going to be a lot more difficult and uh, probably, you know, a lot more, uh, a lot more kind of blood in the streets. Wow. So blood in the streets out of uh, John Kingston. He's obviously clearly concerned about this. When he highlighted three big issues there that are with AB5, one of them yeah. is, and he answered another question a lot of people had, why didn't trucking companies, you know, since New Year's Day 2020, you knew that this could come in, why didn't trucking companies yeah, why do anything? Prepare? He right. addressed that because they'd have to radically shift their business model for a regulation that may not come through. A regulation that puts 70 plus thousand California independent truckers out of business in six days if they don't comply with this. It also puts the carriers in a position where they have to completely think of radically changing their model to a brokerage thing. And then, of course, there's lawyers that are going to be swimming around feasting on all of this. 
Yeah. And the question of doing business in, residing in, or doing business when you reside out, all those different legalities come into play. And you're right. And like Craig uh, Fuller put out, he tweeted out, most of the trucking executives did not think that the the court was going to deny this. And the bigger risk now is that it'll get passed in, in other blue states and other port states, of course. Now, that question, we because we're trying to get you guys all this information on here, and a lot of you have had it, and this is sort of the murky, dense topic. Another question we got was, what is a driver to do? Can you just go to another state, transfer over your CDL, and then run back into California? Well, we asked back the Truck Ops Rooster, 15-year veteran trucker, worked for Landstar, similar model to the kind of companies that yeah. are imbued now by this rule. Here's what Rooster had to say. The issue with AB5 in California is going to affect drivers by the address on their CDL. If you have a California address, you basically have to abide by the law. Uh, this is going to force a lot of drivers to become W-2 company employees and you know have to pay in unemployment tax, federal tax, state tax. And this is going to cause a lot of drivers to want to that were like lease operators using the authority of a company they were signed on to that got paid by 1099 to have to basically go to another state. Uh, 30 days residency rules to get your CDL transferred over, plus having to have proof of power bills, phone bills, stuff like that, supporting evidence. It's going to be a lot of issue. Uh, you, they have a friend or relative may be able to, you know, vouch for them. Uh, it's going to be kind of hard to do in seven days, but it's going to cause a very large uh, change in the landscape out in California. Yeah, se seismic shift. Rooster put it that. And the last question we got was we addressed this one to uh, Super Trucker Justin. He yeah. is also a veteran truck driver. We wanted, we wanted to know, though, ultimately, once we get through all these headwinds, once we get through Armageddon, once the flowers yeah. start to bloom again, will AB5 ultimately make conditions better for drivers? Here's what he had to say. I think in the long term, AB5 will improve conditions for drivers. But in the short to medium term, you know, this law was intended to go after the bad actors, people who misclassified their employees as contractors to try and skate around paying payroll taxes, taxes etc. But instead of punishing just them, it gobbles up entire industries along with it, too. You know, you have independent writers and artists and now truck drivers that are being swept up into this. They didn't have any say in this. They wanted to keep going the way that they were. And now through no fault of their own, the law is saying, no, you must work this way now. Yeah. Yeah. The independent gig worker doesn't have that choice anymore. Well, we have a captain waiting. So before oh, we get to him, let's sum this part of the show up with this point, though. I think it was the best one. Distracted Anna. She said, you want to navigate all this? Rule one, be attractive. Rule two, control the ports. All right, let's tip the band. <laughs> Did you know that AIT Worldwide Logistics is one of the fastest growing freight forwarders out there? They grew by 400% over the past five years, earning a spot on Crane's Chicago Business Fast 50 list. We got a spot what? on Flexport's wait, 55 wait, 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 influencer wait, 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 wait. list. Uh, how do they do it? <laughs> By earning their customers' trust with cost-effective, customized global supply chain solutions. Find out how your business can benefit when you visit AITWorldwide.com. Nailed that right. like a stuck speaking hole, of that, man. Speaking of that Flexport list, it's invalid because this next guest wasn't on there. It's Captain John Cad Conrad, CEO over at G-Captain. John, it is great to see your face once again right here on What the Truck. Good to see you guys. Really good to see you. But I mean, the last time I was on, you had me tearing up a little bit talking about the story of the Midshipman Axe woman 
who was raped on board a merchant. Oh, yeah. Today you bring me in on Blood on the Street Day, not just for trucking, but GCAM just had a story uh, calling it Bloody Friday with all the shipping stocks collapsing. Wow. Uh, and then yesterday I was chased down a beach uh, to my ship. And the day before <laughs> I was almost thrown in the back of a black van. So, I, you know, I have a little b- b- by you guys. So, John, we only I, bring I'm, you- I'm not having a great week. Feeling you call a captain when the ship is in a storm, right? Because we know that you'll go down with it. That's why we had to get in touch with you. That's right. John, what do you think of what do you think of right, a, a ship is in port, but that's not where a ship belongs, right? No, it doesn't. Well, where does AB5 belong? In the dumpster? Uh, the union, they're all cheering. They're, you know, they're blowing off their fireworks. They're sitting around going like that, cheering all <laughs> over the place. What do you make of AB5 and how do you think it's going to impact these port operators right now? Right. Uh, Rooster texted me on uh, Twitter yesterday and asked me what's going on here. And, and to be honest, it's it's too much at once. We can't I don't think we can make a good prediction about what's going on right now. We have, uh, you know, we had a five billion dollar kind of plan in order to to fix the port of Los Angeles and Long Beach. We got word recently that that has fallen apart. The Department of Transportation, Budacek, uh, that there's no sign of this money. The Maritime Administration hasn't been there to facilitate this fee. Out of the $1.2 trillion stimulus package, I think only $19 billion is going to ports and a smaller amount to LA Long Beach. And then we have this union uh, deal expires today. <laughs> and our U.S. Labor Secretary is saying, Hey, I'm not worried about it. Well, uh, it, the day's coming near and it's a holiday weekend. So uh, he's not worried about it, but a lot of people are. Now we have this AB5 thing in California. It's 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 too much to do at once. Plus, you know, we have the Supreme Court with uh, the abortion rights. Now, that may not sound like it's a logistical issue, but all of these companies are spending that I'm talking to. A lot of them are spending their time figuring out uh, their medical and HR policies to fit into this new thing. So they're not focused on uh, the Maritime Administration, Mara dropping the ball or the lack of the funding in the ports or the continued port congestion. It's all happening at once. So I don't think we can make a prediction. Absolutely crazy, all the disasters that are going on here right now, right? But you know what? You know, disasters. As our also- friend Sal Marcagliano said, it's it's a storm of black swans are diving the port of L.A. Uh, Long Beach. Right yeah, well, it he really made a great is. Point. There's so much going on at once too. It's hard to even like deal with all of these other <sighs> issues. Like you're worried about the ocean. Like yeah. there's so much going on in trucking right now that like all my attention has been focused off over there. It's like you know that whole divide and conquer thing. It's like all of these decisions consume so much energy from so many different people and industries that you can't focus on a lot of core issues because you're stuck dealing with these primary things that have to be dealt with immediately. And these are major issues. I liked it better when the government didn't do anything, right? When the government would just sit around, you never had to worry about like, oh, especially in trucking, you'd be like, ah, they'll put like another three-year stay of execution on this AB5 thing. Don't worry about it. Nope. Not this time. Yeah, you rely on them to do something and then they give you the freedom and and it screws stuff up anyways. Well, (laughs) right. John, you are familiar with maybe not train wrecks, but shipwrecks, right? You wrote you wrote the book on the oh, Gulf yeah, War that's disaster. My specialty. I wrote the book. 
fire on the horizon. So we're not going to keep you on AB5 or the negative world of shipping. Instead, we'll talk about something positive. Uh, ships sinking in, in the sea and disaster. We'll go to that one. Uh, <laughs> Joe, tell us, you've been a captain. Tell us a little bit about what goes down on a boat when everything goes wrong. Right. Uh, so what happens first is you, you got to sound the alarm. And then if it's a fire or flooding or what have you, the captain goes up to the bridge. And unless it's the bridge on fire, then he has to go to another safe space. But nine out of 10 times, he goes up to the bridge with the existing bridge team. And then the second command, the chief mate is in charge of you know, solving that problem, putting together a fire team or putting together a team to, to stop the water inflow. And then you have the engineers making sure that you keep the lights on, the fire pumps on and everything else. Because people think that you can get rescued out there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's like 3,000 miles across the ocean to Europe and a Coast Guard LA helicopter can only go out two to 300 miles. So you're your own fire team, your own a medical team. There, there's no 911 to call on ship. It all has to be taken care of on board the ship. And then if you can't take care of it, the captain has to call abandoned ship and you have to get in these lifeboats and uh, try to escape the wreckage. Yeah. It's a kind of a dire situation, but like most things that are out there, what are, what are the, what are the chances of something happening? Hold on, one hold on one second. We have a clip of oh, the escape oh, oh. of actually, this is, uh, this is John and Sal in the escape vessel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Dude. I love it. I love it. But seriously, uh, Captain, what what uh, what are the things that keeps getting worse? (laughs) (laughs) Have you been in one of those? Have you done Have you done the plunge? Yeah, so that's called the free fall lifeboat. In the old Titanic days, you had it where the boat was connected on the on the bow and the stern onto a davit, which kind of swung out and then lowered it very slowly and gently down. But the problem is when the ship tilts too much. Um, you know, those, those wires can get caught and other problems can happen. Uh, it's also a lot slower and you have to send men out to kind of configure this. So what they did more recently, there are still lifeboats that have the old way, but they have this new way, the free fall, where it's just the, the, the boat is lifted up on one wire and into this cradle high above the ship. And everyone gets in and you strap in like a race car driver with a four or five point harness, but you also strap in your head. There's a head strap. Um, and then someone pulls the, the releasing gear and that one wire disconnects and it just shoots, shoots out the back of the ship. Yeah, I was going to say, what about whiplash when you nail the floor, right? I mean, it's not the fall. It's the contact that kills you, right? Yeah, that's the stuff that You got to imagine the boat is the worst place to be, though, at that point. You got to imagine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely do. But what are the things that can go wrong for a ship to, to cause this to actually happen, the need to actually abandon ship? Are there many things out there that can really take down a ship? Well, you said uh, recently, how how often does this happen? Unfortunately, globally, we lose an average of one big ship every week. So it's, I mean, when you have over 50,000 big ships in operation in the world, 
Um, so 52 on average you lose per year. So it's a small percentage of the overall, but it, it happens. It happens frequently. Um, and these lifeboats are extremely dangerous. Uh, there's a statistic that no one has actually proven yet, but everyone kind of agrees is probably true that more people have been killed by those lifeboats than saved from them since they were man, uh, made mandatory under, uh, the, the solace rules, which came from the sinking of the Titanic. So. Wow, so you you just, you you're putting your life in uh in your I mean, own you hands. Just, yeah, I guess you got no other choice at you're that. You're flipping a coin, I guess. At that point, sometimes yeah. you do have choices at sea. So my my next question for you is, what maritime disaster infuriates you the most? For me, after reading the transcript of the Al Faro, that has to be up there. I mean, that was such negligence, such human stupidity, such hubris of going into a hurricane. And the transcript's just heartbreaking. Reading the screams of these these sailors and saying that they're they're a goner. So for me, at least recently, it's got to be the Al Faro. How about you, John? The Al Faro sad. Obviously, the Deepwater Horizon was very sad. There, there are there's about. You know, mostly what's really sad is the ships that, again, one every week uh, sinks and we don't hear about it because it's in the middle of the ocean and it's a foreign crew and it's a bad operator and we just don't have the footage or needs. But the Alfaro is interesting because it was an American flagship and we don't have very many of those left. That one was very interesting because they had weather routers and they should have been able to call and the company should have been monitoring them. So even if the captain made a mistake, someone should have stepped in and fixed it. But there were also, we have these, the government so broken in the United States that um, the, the first thing is we have these free floating satellite EPIRBs. So when the ship sinks, these things are supposed to go up and transmit the GPS position to a satellite. Uh, but because the U.S. is so far behind with these laws, that the satellite beacon went up, but it was an old beacon that didn't have GPS technology. I mean, how long has GPS been around and this didn't have it? And then they found that uh, that that video you saw, you saw it was like totally enclosed. The whole thing is orange. Those are the new, and I say new, they've been around for 30, 40 years, but the old type of boats didn't have a cover. So when you launched it in a heavy wave, it could capsize, right? That wave could crash in on the boat. So one of the foundings they found and they said, hey, this this is illegal. We can't have these open boats anymore. But the U.S. didn't follow that rule. They're illegal internationally, but the some U.S. ships are still allowed to have it. So one of the most famous ships is the hospital ship. Sal Marcagliano worked on the hospital ship in the Iraq war. You know, the big that came in, the same one that came into New York Harbor and mm-hmm. L.A. during COVID, the, the comfort. That's in shipyard right now, and I'm being told they're not upgrading to these fully enclosed boats because they're exempt because it has some military use. So to this day, we're still not learning those lessons from the Alfaro. Like, you know, the Alfaro, the hospital ship has the same lifeboat technology as the Titanic. A hundred years later, it's insane. 
That's absolutely crazy. What, they're just trying to save some money so they're not going to put these new ones in there? I put up there as mine as the SS Eastland just because it happened on the Chicago River, and it was just people going, and it was like in 1915. They're just going on a a picnic, and 2,500 people, 800 of the 2,500 on it died, drowned. Well, not so one of you. What about like the Halifax explosion? And I know this one really well because that's that's how Boston gets its uh, its Christmas tree. The Boston Comet gets its Christmas tree because they gave aid to Halifax. But like 2,500 people? Uh, Until the nuclear, until you blew up nuclear bombs, it was the biggest, biggest man-made disaster on yeah. Earth, wasn't it? The uh, that one, the Halifax. Well, that one was enormous, and there's an excellent book. I forget the name, all about that Halifax. But some of these older ones are insane. Like uh, the General Slocum's another one where you had one of these ferries uh, going down the East River in New York catches fire, and the whole city comes out to watch along the waterfront. This burning. <laughs> ship where uh you know mass casualties and people burning so we've come a long way and that's why it's disappointing that the u.s maritime administration marad and and the coast guard has not really gotten on the same page and upgraded uh with military sealift command some of some of the ships because we've learned these lessons right we've um and it used to be when there was a big incident then we changed the law and and everyone would spend the money needed to fix them and we're we're just we're not doing that anymore, unfortunately, because as you say, the the government's broken, and we can't seem to spend money on the things that are important: the the roads, the the bridges, the infrastructure. Uh, there's just there, there's just no popular support for that. Or when there is, like the the infrastructure bill, um, it it doesn't make its way to the things that are most important, like like yeah. keeping our truck drivers and train engineers and ship drivers safe. John, this has been uh, a very informative talk on some tough subjects, but to break the tension in the room, now we got to go to the wheel of stupid questions before we send you on your way to the 4th of July holiday. Suspend that damn thing, Michael Vincent. Let's see what we come up with for our man today. Just when you you think it couldn't get worse this week, Captain, what is something you'd never buy used? Oh, something I I never buy used. Um, I think it is absolutely with the 4th of July coming up, it would be the pyrotechnics for a ship. Uh, And and these are actually sold. So you have big, um, you know, guns that we shoot out the big pyrotechnics when the ship's sinking to say the Coast Guard, here we are. Um, and it's actually the interesting thing. If you, the pyrotechnics aren't as good as the smoke, the Coast Guard loves the smoke because now they have the infrared goggles that can do the heat. And when you yeah. do a smoke bomb, the Coast Guard can see that really easily. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of guys try to sell them or save them from the 4th of July because they oh. expire every year. And I've, I've, so I've shot off some expired ones. Sometimes on the 4th, you take your whole locker of expired ones. And you light them off. Um, but they often don't work a year later. So I would not use a buy an expire. <laughs> well, thank you. Emergency thank you. flare. Thank you so <laughs> much, you John. Go. And thank you for giving a little context to your answer. I was a little confused by it at first, but now it yeah, all makes, it makes sense. Go visit sense. gcaptain.com and find him on Twitter. Join our supply chain gang on Twitter at John Conrad. That's Conrad with a K. Have a great 4th of July, brother. Happy 4th. Take care, guys. Take it easy. All right, let's talk to some video freight video game world champions, right? Let's talk to uh, we got Zach Edgeberger, Connor Miller, and a whole bunch of other people, it looks like, sitting on the couch over there at Art Next. Let's jump into their house right now. What's up, guys? 
How you guys doing today? Wow, look, they all look chilling. Yeah, over you there, guys look. You guys look like you're ready for uh, for a long holiday weekend. Uh, who do we have all sitting here in this room? So you guys know me. I've been on the show before. My name is Connor Miller. I'm one of the co-founders here at Artinex, and uh, I'll let the rest of the guys introduce themselves. Yeah, my name is uh, Zach Eschberger. I'm the driver services manager here in uh, Call of Duty Champion, baby. <laughs> I'm Zach Redner, a um, dispatcher for Artinex. My name is Justin Ranger. Uh, I'm a dispatch manager also. My name is Paulo. I'm one of the CSRs here, account managers. Also, Call of Duty champion. Yeah! Time champ. Well, oh, hey, let's talk about go. this a little bit. Because, okay. what, what, like, I like that freight is getting more community and it's marketing itself to young people much better. Um, and you guys are doing a great job. And things like this are doing a great job of bringing young people into uh, the freight. But what made you decide to put this tournament together? Well, I mean, honestly, it was Zach's idea. And I think for me, um, I try to be a little bit more on the progressive side with how we build our culture here. Uh, I think it's really important for the younger people that are coming into the business to understand that we can make this fun and we can build a community here and have fun together while we work, um, you know, so long as we're actually putting in the effort and getting our job done. So when Zach brought me the idea, I was all for it because, first of all, these guys live freight and live video games. I already knew they were going to win. And second of all, I knew it would be something cool that they could take ownership of. So I thought it was awesome. Yeah, no, I get why you can take the skills of being able to, you know, combat, fast combat like these, how, yeah. why those skills are important to take into, into brokerage and into freight and logistics. But what were the skills or the keys to winning that game? What did you take into that? Um, I mean, we didn't really prepare much. Um, <laughs> it was kind of something that, you know, we just thought, hey, this would be fun. Let's get after it. Let's get a, a group of guys, not just any guys. Let's get a group of logistics companies together. Let's compete, have some friendly competition. I mean, it was a pretty good turnout for the first time that, I mean, I think this has ever happened in this industry. Um, I think it was a pretty solid turnout. We had fun, but getting prepared, no, there wasn't much uh, preparing on our end. Look, I've played some online games. Things can get heated in, in that microphone, in that headset. Have you ever ruined any business relationships talking too much, you know, shit during a Call of Duty match? <laughs> um, no comment. Oh, wow. I'll comment on that. I will say that there was some, it was, a, I had a concern with the unsportsmanlike conduct from a few of the other teams. Um, it seemed as if the other teams thought that our guys were cheating somehow. But the fact of the matter is these guys are like 19, 20, 21 years old and they live video games every single day. So they're like supposed to be better than somebody like me or the other guys out there. I get it. So the competition was a guy like me, 56 year old going, but I'm pressing a thing. I should be killing people. What the heck? Right. You're cheating. <laughs> I get that. I get How that. How do you guys recommend other companies get involved? We'd love to see this thing grow. We'd even love to host it on what the truck sometime. Right. Maybe we even be participants. I know my oh, yeah. way around a control pad pretty good. Um, how do people get involved with you guys or when's the next tournament coming up? So we don't have a date yet for the next tournament. However, we do want to do it a lot bigger than we did for this one. This was more of like a test run just to see how it would work out and to figure out the logistics of making it happen. Um, so TBD on the next date, but we are going to be sending something out with uh, opportunity for other companies that didn't participate in the first one to join. Um, this one, we actually had a $100 buy-in. So I think next one, we're going to up the buy-in to $500 and we're going to try to make it like 20 to 30 teams. 
Um, and as far as checking us out, you guys can look us up on LinkedIn. Uh, it's just Ardent X, a division of eTransport. And then on Facebook as well, it's ArdentX.JAX. Uh, now, before I let you guys go, we already spin the wheel of stupid questions. We'll start on the left in the tan shirt, or at least to my left over here. Uh, what is something that you should never buy used? <laughs> uh, probably just like used underwear. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, that's, that's a good, good one. one. That's a good rule. Well, it depends. I mean, they, they had to stop it on eBay because people were so interested in some people's underwear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Next, orange guy. First of all, I want to say, um, Dooner, if you want to join the squad, I got a spot for you over here at our next gaming. <laughs> that's not the answer. Um, that's, that's what should you never answer. buy used? What should you buy used? Don't buy used. Jock strap. <laughs> what do you say? A jock strap. A jock strap. That's another underwear-related thing. How yeah. about you? I think I'm going to go with deodorant. Use deodorant. Yeah, times are getting tough, though. Inflation they is are, up. You might, have, are, to, uh, you you might have to at least go down to the plastic. But what about like used it. once, only on Sundays or something? Yeah, like a sampler from the hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Depends. You could wipe it off a little bit. Okay, what next. What do you got? Sampler. I'll consider it. Toothbrush. Toothbrush. Smart move. Toothbrush is a good Smart move. I've had to use my wife's before. Yeah, but that's different. That is a little different. That's different. And lastly, what do we got with you, sir? Let's see. Uh, he took my toothbrush. That was a good one. That, that's not. An I'm answer. gonna go. Let's see. Floss, like floss your teeth. I'm gonna use uh, use floss. I'm not close from using it. <laughs> but I, if I'm in rough times, I'll use use floss. But you know, I can afford some new floss. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. Have a great Fourth of July weekend. Thanks for joining us right before the holiday next tournament coming up. Get in my DMs, all right? Slide in there. Let me know. We'll set something cool up with uh with you with you and the team. Heck yeah. Sounds Thank you, guys. Happy fourth, guys. Happy fourth. Take it easy. All right. Peace. Do you remember? Wait, do you remember that Von Moore from AIT said last time he was on the show? I do. He said <laughs> I read that so naturally. <laughs> you did. It was like an actual. Let me try question. that again. Right. Do you remember do, do you remember what Von Moore from AIT said last time he was on the show? I, I absolutely do. It was brilliant. He said bigger isn't better, better is better. That's exactly right. Whether it's new offices in uh, India, expanding life science operations in Europe, or acquiring one of the bit the best final model providers in the US, AIT's exponential growth is driven by anticipating and responding to customer needs. Discover how they can help your business gain fast stream. Streamlined access to new markets. Where do they go? They go to AITWorldwide.com. Did you know obviously. that for uh, over 35 years, Fleetworthy Solutions has provided a single source of solutions to monitor and manage DOT compliance while mitigating risk for private and for hire carriers? It's oh. true. It's damn true. With advanced <laughs> technologies and exceptional client services, Fleetworthy becomes an extension of your team to make your company go Let's go over to a first-time guest right here. We got Aaron Smith. He's the founder of Escaping the Odds and U-Turn Transport. He has a great story to share with us today. That's guy just thinks. Aaron, yeah. thanks for joining us right before a long weekend. I know everyone's head is kind of like half out the door. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it uh, for that. Yeah, this one I've been looking forward quite uh, quite a bit and keeps my head back in the door because I worked in prison si in system yeah. and met a lot of people and it, a lot of people don't understand just how shitty of a chance they have once they get out. Yeah, let, to we'll do go, something. We'll go into your backstory, but first, just to, just to set the table here, what's the elevator pitch on what you're up to right now? 
Uh, currently, uh, I have a couple of things going, but specific to the transportation industry, I run a company called U-Turn Transport, where we do uh, expedited loads. Um, and the whole idea was for me to hire a formerly incarcerated individual just to give them an opportunity uh, to get on the road to success. I love it. I love it. I love well, it. And and the reason for that, right, is is this is part of your history. This is this is part of you. You the struggle is real. You've been through the prison system and came out of the prison system. How did that all come? Ab- how did that all come about? And did this company sort of come to mind while you were in the joint? Yeah, um, I had went to a federal prison. I got sentenced to a decade for I mean twelve years. I'm sorry uh, for a drug drug offense, and I was released in 2019. But while I was there. I, um, there was a lot of men that actually wanted to get into trucking. Um, they, they knew the, about the freedom. They knew about the potential financial freedom. And it was something that a lot of people were talking about doing. And so uh, I was like, wow, you know, I had some experience in trucking um, while I was on bond. For a couple of years, I worked for one of the, the, one of the leading uh, 3PLs as a dispatcher. And so that was my introduction to the game. And so I'm like, wow, okay, that's, that's the professional experience I do have. So once I'm released, I know I can go do that. But I can do one while I'm doing it. I also can create my own company and create some uh, opportunities for other people. And so U-Turn Transport was, um, was was started with that. So, so Aaron, once once you got out, what what was the what was the what made you go entrepreneurship? Was there did you try and get jobs in other places? Was there difficulty doing that because you were formerly incarcerated, or or what made you go? I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Well, I've always been a hustler. Uh, that's what led me to prison. I was just selling the wrong product. Um, so I always knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur. Uh, getting a job was just a, that was just a step. You know, I knew I had to get that to kind of fund the things that I wanted to do. Um, and so I decided to, um, to to go into first. I started the media company, the podcast, while I was interviewing. Uh, a few truckers on there, um, just men that were formerly incarcerated who are now successful entrepreneurs. And um, so I was like, hey, let me give this give this trucking a try uh, since I already had the experience uh, working in dispatch. And I also had landed a job. So it wasn't complicated for me to get a position. Uh, I, work, I work currently now part-time because I'm kind of transitioning to more entrepreneurial things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work for a, a freight broker right now in the Chicago area. And so, um, again, that was all a part of my plan to eventually start my own uh, transportation company. So, uh, thankfully, it wasn't it wasn't complicated at all to uh, to find a position. I was pretty upfront about my uh, about my past, and uh, they took a chance on me, and um, definitely definitely well liked at the, at the uh, company. Yeah, how challenging is it for these drivers that maybe unlike you, they didn't have some brokerage experience. They didn't go out on bond and did that. So it's a world yeah. that they think about, right? They think about trucking. But for all of us who haven't been in this before, like it seems a lot simpler than it is. And there's a lot of regulations and forms and there's a lot that goes into yeah. that goes into the game. How do you how do you bring them in and, and get them that education when they are when they're released? Well, one one of the things that I uh, that I started along with a partner company called Stretch Finance is that um, I knew that a lot of men and women that were coming home from incarceration, especially in the urban community, they wanted to tap into this this new industry, so to speak, uh, for at least for the for this particular community. So I, I partnered with a company called Stretch Finance to create a box truck course where it was like non CDL, which kind of like lower the barrier to enter. And so we, we created this box truck course, pretty comprehensive, um, taking a person from A to Z on how to actually start to be an owner operator. 
with their uh, with their box truck or a 26 foot box truck. And so that that's what we've been doing for the last about four months now. It's been it's been pretty successful. Uh, just trying to connect with more uh, carriers and even um, places where we can acquire trucks for our students. So, Aaron, have you looked into an? Are there any opportunities to get involved in in some of those uh, prisons and, and and with some of those inmates that are due to be released soon? Right, the ones that are kind of moved down to those minimum security, they're maybe in road road prisons, that type of stuff, to try and get them those skill sets and kind of recruit and help them along before they come back out into civilization. Yeah, absolutely. That that's the goal. Uh, currently, right now, I, I speak inside of um, jails. I was actually at Cook County Jail, which is like the the second biggest uh, county jail in the country. Uh, just motivating the guys, talking to them about some of the things I want to do. And, and again, uh, most of the gentlemen in there between the age of 18 and 25, they want to get in the truck because they see how lucrative it can be. They just sometimes don't have the access or just even the know-how to kind of get started. So I will bridge that gap. And, and on top of that, even wanting to work with uh, bigger trucking companies, with carriers out there, uh, 3PL, just willing to give uh, this population a try because it's a um, it's an untapped market for sure. It's an untapped market, so wanting to be that liaison between uh, some of these companies and this population. So that's something I'm working on as well. So if anyone's listening, we can definitely uh, talk more about that as well. Well, Aaron, what is you know what, when you're talking about incarcerated, they, people can be in there for all different lengths of time, right? When we're yeah. talking about someone who is in jail for a decade, how much does that, that change someone? How much does it keep you unprepared to come back into society? A lot of, a lot of uh, just the, the way people talk in society can change in 10 years. Oh, yeah. Things that people consider <laughs> offensive or not offensive, complete laws and Supreme Court decisions can be made. Yes. Well, you're, and you come out to uh, brand new iPhones can come out. You have no idea. What is it? What is that like getting back into society? It's, it's actually, uh, it's, it's really a culture shock. Uh, luckily, luckily for me, I've always been like a lifelong learner. So I spent my time incarcerated reading. I uh, read, you know, countless magazines every day. I was reading the Wall Street Journal literally every day for eight, nine years straight. So I was really abreast of the things that were changing uh, within society. So I wouldn't be lost like some of some of the individuals that leave um, incarceration. It's like they're, they're called this whirlwind because oftentimes they did not prepare uh, for their release, or they just didn't have access to the resources to to allow for them to 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 be current as it relates to what's going on on the outside. So it was all about preparation for me. You know, uh, most of the men and women, or anyone that you may speak with that's incarcerated, they, they're all ready to leave prison, but uh, some aren't prepared. And so preparation is the key. And so that's one thing that I that I really uh, I really focus on. So were there were there were you given any uh, resources to help you prepare? Are we, I mean, you said you were we read the Wall Street Journal, so obviously there were some yeah. resources there you could go get. But were there any like structured type of programs yeah. to keep people up to date and what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I was one of the leaders um, in that particular community on the reentry community uh, committee, ah. and so with that, uh, our our goal was to do just that: keep the men um, abreast of what was going on outside as relates to like careers, um, any kind of job training, education, things of that nature. So in turn, that kind of kept me on point, uh, kind of helping other individuals uh, make sure they succeed once they get out. And so that was one of the things that was really helpful at the institution I was at. How are those individuals doing? The Those of you've worked with so far, what, what have the results been? What kind of feedback you got? And also, have there been any challenges that you didn't anticipate? What's been the hardest for you? I think the, hard, the hardest for me is, uh, I think, for most 
companies, trucking companies, like finding whether you're large or, or small, such as myself, and just finding reliable drivers, uh, people that actually want to um, want to work and want to come to going to come to work on time and um, deal with ups and downs. So that that's probably been the been the most challenging uh, for myself. So, Aaron, I've got a theory that someone like yourself that comes out out of, out of being incarcerated is actually more trustworthy than one that never got caught and, and sent away. What are your feelings on that? And how do you can you promote that to the other companies out there? You say you want to be a li- liaison. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the men and most of the men and women that I've come in contact um, are, are some of my uh, best friends. You know, I, I spent so much time with them that they're like brothers. Uh, we we uh, share so many different experiences together and I would trust those men more so than some of the men that I've met prior to my incarceration. Um, just because of that, that redemptive spirit, you know, um, everyone that goes to prison uh, don't deserve to be there for a lifetime. Um, and the ones that redeems themselves are, you know, are, are worthy, you know, they're worthy of, of second chance or maybe a third or fourth chance. Um, the grit that's, that these men and women have come home from incarceration, being locked away for so long, dreams being on hold, um, such as myself, like you, you get out here, you hit the ground running, you know, um, you've been, you've been on the shelf, so to speak for so long. You just want to give yourself a, a second chance and, and prove to the world that you can be a, a productive member of society. And so, uh, I would say that for, for any uh, company out there that's, that's thinking or, you know, contemplating about hiring from this population. Absolutely. Um, I think there are certain things that you should be looking for. Um, and I'm, I'm more than willing to, to assist on that journey with them. Excellent stuff. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Any success stories so far? Have you had like a, a, a key student, someone who really just stood out? And you're like, you know what? I'm th- th- this is why I do this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's actually a, a gentleman, actually two, a gentleman, a young lady. Um, one just just got released from prison. I think he did about 15 years. He's currently going through the program right now. He's setting up He's setting up everything, LLCs, uh, because that's what our course helps the person do, not only just teaching them about the trucking industry, but, you know, um, how to set up the LLC, uh, how, to, how to get your EIN number. And so he's doing all those things and um, getting his Don's number and uh, business credit, and he's hitting the ground running. And so uh, he's about to purchase a, a truck uh, within the next couple of weeks, just, just going through the financing right now. So uh, definitely looking forward to, to seeing how that how that uh, play out. But I have another guy uh, who did not go through our program, but he actually was working for me uh, for a while as one of the drivers. We actually met while we were incarcerated, and he just loved the work that he was doing. Um, and so, yeah, so that's one of another success stories as well. I love to hear it. I love to love hear it. it love it, love it, love it. Now, you were able to spy a little bit. You had the uh, the fortune that some of the other guests, and you already heard the yeah. stupid question. It is, what is yeah. something you'd never buy used? What aren't you buying used? Um... PG thirteen, right? So I keep it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> say There's a lot you want. of dirty ones I can think of. Yeah, but <laughs> no, <laughs> no uh, I would say socks. Yeah. No intimate items, socks, absolutely. Uh, I think a gentleman said deodorant. Um, oh, he's got more than yeah, one answer. Yeah, or shoes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, my mind is kind of just rumbling right now. But oh, you can no, ramble. You're all right. You can ramble. We like it. Hey, by the way, yeah, so. Yeah. People, I, I like what you had to say. People who want to connect with you, they want to work with your company, or they're interested in anything that you said during this, what's the best place to send them to? Uh, they can reach out to me at um, aaron.esmith81 at gmail.com um, to reach out for me. Reach out to me. 
as it relates to pretty much anything. Um, just just reach out. I'm always available. Uh, one thing I failed to mention is that um, what's coming up next for me, I don't know if you guys are getting that. I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but um, I have a podcast that's um, co-producing. Um, it's related to trucking. Very it's cool. It's going to be really something great and different. It's been hosted by a gentleman who did 20 years incarcerated came home and he owns like three or four trucks right now so nice what was the name one that. more time what's the name one more time the name of the podcast right now we're playing with a few names but tentatively right now it's the road to success with ed hennings okay nice. Aaron. thank you so Aaron. much have a have a great holiday weekend and uh keep doing the good work out there preventing that recidivism right too. peace right. and love brother. take care brother Absolutely. all right take thank you all right little good news bad news it's friday My poppers didn't come out. The good news was I got a nice poppy sound. The bad news is my little streamers didn't go anywhere. It's not a bad pop. He's got a good good. All right, good news. It's a long weekend and you're about to get some boating in. Bad news. Take a look. What is this guy doing right here? Take take a close look at this boat and tell me what's wrong with what you're seeing here. I don't see anything wrong here, man. This is a beautiful life hack. I think this guy has figured it out, man. Just, just keep, keep the, the trailer, trailer attached. Bro. All season. You don't have to deal all with the hassle. You don't have to of, do any of that of, stuff. We were thinking, right? Like, initially, we were like, maybe he doesn't have a car on the other side, so he's just going to drive the, the trailer. But how did yeah. he get there in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Or maybe it's an island and there's no bridge, so he still needs to. Uh, maybe he's not. Not even drive. Maybe the car's down there pulling him. Still, is that? <laughs> I don't know. Is that? Is that? Is that uh, ocean le- water legal? I don't think so. Seems like it could be dangerous. <laughs> I don't think so. Don't do that this weekend. People. I got some bad news. And if you brother. do, film it. Check this one out, man. You're driving down the highway and you get you're last in line. Yeah. Man, and this happens, right? You pull out of the way. Look at this. You pull yeah, to the right. Move out. Get out of here. You're getting out of the way. Oh, boom. Oh. Oh man. Bull hauler. Bull hauler came right through. Straight through that thing, crushed this thing up. Uh, so, so, somewhat good news is it's not quite as bad as you think. There's uh, like four people, up, well, two potentially uh, serious adults. Nobody died. Uh, one adult teen or one adult with minor injuries, and one teen with potentially serious. So, so potentially serious, but nobody just readily dead on there. That looked really nasty. Granted, what we just witnessed. I mean, that, yeah. uh, that's given what we just good, saw, no that's and that always that that's my fear. Is just a a truck like that just coming well, right you, there? You know the the rolled steel and stuff on a, on a on a flatbed gets yeah. me. But when I come up, like especially over like a hill, like a blind kind of area, and I'm last in line on a dead stop on a highway, dude, that's panic mode for me. You know, a lot of truckers were commenting on this. They were saying like, um, I don't know if they're biased against ag, but they're saying that that's not a real truck driver. That's uh, that's just an ag guy. Um, Rooster was telling me that as you can see, it's a bull hauler. During the summer, they usually run the bull haulers at night. He was suspecting, you know, it it's empty, like, right? He was suspecting that, yeah. So he probably dropped the bulls off. It's yeah. now daytime. Oh, he's out of hours. He might be. Shit. Well, he Run might be tired too. Yeah, he might be tired from being well, yeah. up all night. So why do you say they may not, have? I have no idea. It doesn't look like he's paying much attention. They're not really drivers because they're they're eggs, so they own like they. It's a farm vehicle, technically. Is that what they're kind of? Oh, people like to gatekeep. Yeah, they know? do. That's true. 
All right. Good news. The next Transformers movie. Take a look. The good news. The next Transformers movie, Rise of the Beast, is in uh, production. This is the sequel to 2018's Bumblebee. I like the 2018 oh. Bumblebee a lot better than uh, the Michael Bay variety of movies. This one took us back to the 80s. They made the, sm- the story a little bit smaller. They uh, brought in John Cena, of course. Yeah, they had of course. Bumblebee. And they used the classic designs that you like. And as you notice here, they didn't make the uh, like abomination uh, Optimus Prime that they used in um, the Michael Bay Transformers yeah, movies, yeah, yeah, the one yeah, that would yeah. have like fires on it, yeah, and a yeah, hood. Optimus yeah. Prime is a cab over if you've seen the cartoon. Yes, There's no right. reason to rewrite the Transformers Bible and make him anything different. And if you look, they did an awesome job on this Freightliner getting this uh, ready for the movie. As you saw one of those stunts, I believe that the filming occurring right here is in Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu, uh, really? This one's going to take place. A little weird, uh, little weird plots from the Beast Wars are going on this one, which uh, using the generic, the, I mean the original Transformers designs, a little bit of surprise, but they're going with the Terracons, the Maximals, and the Predacons in the new movie. The bad news, though, you're not going to be able to catch it until 2023. Filming's done, but not until next year. Oh, all right. Well. The good news is, is they use pyrotechnics almost as good as the ones we have on show today. Oh, yeah. Well, let, me, <laughs> let, me, let me see if I can make one of these, these bank steps go. Oh. oh, there we go. <laughs> You've been killing it all day long until you did it. <laughs> sorry, got myself, people. All right, hey, man, you're There's cruising down the road. It's just pebbles. Did you know that like, in a bank snap, it's just like pebbles and a little bit of gunpowder? Yeah, that's all that's in there, right? You can, you, you can roll that in your fingers. Do they hand wrap these things? Just roll it in your fingers. All right, what do you get? Snap that thing. Oh, do I have something? <laughs> Bad news, you're cruising down the highway when you hear a loud rumbling behind you. Yeah. Turns out this truck, and it's totally out of control. Yeah, what is going So what, what am I looking at here? here. Okay, so driver's These here. people are confused. The oh, driver got scared. Oh, what's going on in his rear view? Look at this guy coming. His cab was already up. He must have hit something because his hood or his bonnet was already up. And then he takes a hard right right off the road and down the embankment and out into another, uh, another highway is what it looks like. Atlas moving. We're here. <laughs> I mean, fortunately, no one got hurt in that thing, right? I, yeah, no, yeah, that's the good news is nobody got hurt, but uh, I don't know if their uh, furniture and stuff like that made it through there. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. I was actually uh, in Chattanooga, the, the highway patrol. I wish I, I put the video in the feed, but I didn't. Um, they, they posted a video of them uh, right-siding up a flatbed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you saw that one that it I shared. It's down by my neck of the woods. It's it, on 153. Yeah, yeah, but, like, if you've never seen this happen, what they do is they take these, like, cores on the side. And they got a winch, and it pulls it forward. But all the weight of the truck comes down. And this particular one, the angle fell. It was like right on that front right axle. Yeah. Every single pound of weight in that flatbed went there. The the uh, grill pumped off, yeah. pumped off. That anything inside there bumped loose. The windshield bumped loose. It was uh, it wasn't a good scene. Yeah, probably got totaled by being turned over. <laughs> Bad stuff. So remember, right before the pandemic hit, it was like peak <laughs> e-scooter in cities. That like twenty-seven years ago. I know it, it seems like a whole different like era, like BC and AD or block before COVID and after death, or I don't know. Yeah, back in. The well, let's day. take a look here. So it's some, a truck driver he posted uh, <laughs> Bruce Almighty. He's now Villain Almighty. He posted most truck stops should have <laughs> these. He wants the the bird e-scooters. Now a lot of cities are kicking. These out, so we asked the trucking community, what do they think? Do they think an e-scooter? I, I don't know. Could go either way, right? Um, well, they really weren't into it. Uh, Donald J. Turncoat says there's way too many potholes at truck stops for these. Uh, uh, drivers would uh, be bad. Not guilty, I called Larry. said might make the driver shortage even worse. 
Tendor James Stroll says, no, after sitting in a truck for days at a time, a little walking is, is very healthy. There you go. That is true. It isn't yeah, much. Yeah, I think the um, so George B. says, I think they need to be even bigger to accommodate uh, some larger size drivers. You, you have different sizes. Okay. Freeboard man, he pulls no punches. He just says firm and no, don't, don't bring those no. into the, uh, the truck mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can drop that picture down, guys. Yeah. Uh, you can drop that just, picture, guys. Just, it's not that. Thanks. People yeah. want to see us, not that. Yeah, we're much, just kidding. Much more handsome. Santino Trucking Goomba says, uh, "Just what most of us Muppets need—something else to crash in." <laughs> um, Ermgard, a mama bear. No thanks. I'd rather walk. I already drive enough sitting down. Yeah. Like truck drivers, we uh, get. Arona Research says, "Like truck drivers, get too much exercise." <laughs> uh, Villain Almighty, he posted it, so he said, obviously, I love it. Uh, Kevin, man, it's kind of cool to F around on at the end of the day. They don't really need him. So not everyone into these things. Not everybody's quite into these things. I think they should have one of those little rascals. Well, everybody, I'm off to North Carolina for the 4th of July. I will be back on air for, well, there'll be a What's Truck newsletter on Thursday. I'll be back on air on um, on Friday. What's Truck will be back. You'll be back regularly. Yeah, I will be. I'll be back on Anything Tuesday. Anything we'll uh, For the 4th of July. Yeah. It's my wife's birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday. Love my life, Melissa. Hey, happy birthday to you. Oh, let's hear. Happy birthday, Melissa. Happy birthday to you. Break these bags. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Download the app. Subscribe to the What the Truck newsletter. Hey, visit backthetruckup.com too. Don't be a stranger and tell him that at peace. Hey, man. Peace and love. By the love. way, this is your song playing, isn't it? Yeah, this, this is, is the latest from Vincent Brewer. Brewer.